It is Tuesday night. It's the PNC Progression Wrestling Podcast. I'm Elio. He's Ben. Ben, how's it going? Not bad. How are you, my friend? I'm doing well. So how, how, how's, how's your week been? Very slow. But luckily, I did get two workouts in, so that was nice. That's that's cool. So did you watch any of the shows last week? Um, yeah, I did. I, I, otherwise, I can't rightfully come on here and call myself a podcast. No, I mean, outside of uh, Raw, did you watch, like, Dynamite and... Yes. So, what, what, what did you think? Basically, uh, we, we can just give, like, our overall uh, thoughts on the show itself. Well, I mean, look, people might dislike me for this, but I'm not really the type that cares. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think Rampage should exist. I don't. I don't understand the purpose of Rampage. Yeah. Uh, Dynamite was not that great, but Rampage was terrible. I mean, but, but say what say what you want about about Dynamite, but that is that is AEW's flagship show. You know what I mean? That that has its purpose, and. By and large, you know, say what you want about a show here and there, but by and large, Dynamite is pretty good in my opinion. Um, I would not. But, but it didn't draw well last week. And I got to tell you, um, I wasn't too impressed with the shows last week. And I was very concerned that um, at, at first that we're running out of time going into uh, Double or Nothing. Because it's already um, March 10th as we sit here and record. Is it? And yeah. Really? I believe so. It's March 10th? Okay, well, now you're making me sound like an idiot. Um, <laughs> oh, oh, May 10th. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like, what? Yeah, May 10th, and um, the, the show is 19 days away, and um, if you ask me, they haven't done a good job building up feuds. We don't have anything, do we, for that show yet? Well, no, the, 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 only, the only match I feel like we can safely anticipate is um, Wardlow versus MJF. Um, I will say something about um, Wardlow's opponent on um, on Dynamite okay. last week. Um, Big Cass, now known as um, w, w. Morrissey. Yeah, going under his real name. He looks fucking incredible. He, and uh, even WWE was impressed. Yeah, I, I read about that myself, but I was, I was like, Jesus Christ. And then... Um, like right after the show, I uh, I went online just to um, you know see if I could find any interviews about his you know sobriety and stuff like that. Um, and he had actually just been on um, the sessions with uh, Renee Paquette. Yep. And that that was a very um, that was a very good interview. He presented himself uh, f- phenomenally. Um, you know, didn't didn't make any excuses. Um, for his behavior, but was very um, forthcoming with everything that went that went down, and uh, you know didn't blame anybody. And I'm 
And I'm the type who, you know, understands that alcoholism is an addiction. Um, it, it has uh, touched my life in, in, in some way. I'm not going to go into that for privacy um, purposes, but um, but I, I say that because th- that interview was very um, was very eye opening given um, given my um, encounter with it, not personally, but you know just um, I've been around it before, so it, it was just it was very refreshing um, to hear that take and just to. Um, see how much better he was doing. So I was very happy um, for him and to see him come out on Dynamite and, and look that good. Um, and, uh, you know, now we all know that Wardlow wasn't going to lose, um, you know, given what they're trying to build with MJF. So I understood that. But in terms of in terms of opponents that Wardlow has faced so far, um, my favorite match was the one with uh, Morrissey because because even the one with with say Lance Archer, right? I thought that I thought that was going to be a banger because I really like Lance Archer a lot, and um, that and that match, which I believe was two weeks ago, mm-hmm. um, was very disappointing. Yep. I mean, because in my estimation, Archer got squashed. Yeah. And I was like, what the fuck are they doing here? You know, it's it's one thing to to have have somebody lose a hard-fought battle, but the, uh, see, I I hate the squash for the sake of a squash. You know, that that kind of annoys me, but um <clears throat> we had a run in. Yes, we did. <laughs> <laughs> Like a thief in the night. Uh, I think she was just opening a window for me. She's <coughs> uh, she's very kind, so I appreciate that. And uh, she, you know, she's my mom, so she can run in whenever she damn well pleases. Um, I I have no problem with that whatsoever. Um, but um, but yeah, um. I was super happy for Morrissey, and um, I would like to see them do more with him in the future. I don't know what his um, contract status with Impact is. Um, from what he said, he seemed very happy with Imp- Impact, and I must confess, I haven't watched Impact on a consistent basis uh, in quite a few years. It's okay, um, you, you, you'll, you'll get lost if you start now. I, I, I'm lost whenever I sit down and watch it. I just, you know, last I saw they had a pretty good crowd. Um, I think, because um, I, I caught some highlights um, just prior to their last big pay-per-view when they were doing the um, final build-up between uh, Josh Alexander and Moose. Mm-hmm. Um, but beyond that, I couldn't tell you a goddamn thing about what's going on with Impact. Neither can I. And, 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 I, and, I, and I tell I you, I've recorded every week, and like I, whenever I have time, I sit down and watch it. But even I'm lost. Yeah, I mean, but I, I don't think anybody cares about Impact, so I would, I would be very interested 
to see a talent such as Morrissey get a bigger, um, bigger platform. But um, he did say that he wasn't sure before he came to Impact whether he wanted to return to wrestling, and he said that Impact kind of rekindled his first love with wrestling. So um, from that perspective, I was very happy and um, just very happy overall to see him doing so much better. And so, um, yeah, the shows weren't that good. You know, you want to know how bad the shows were last week? Tell me how bad. We recorded our, our podcast on Friday night, okay? Right. And we voted on the A show for the week. And between Raw and SmackDown, we went. We all voted for SmackDown, and it wasn't. And it wasn't better than Raw. It was just between the two. It was. Better, but but not by much. You know, I um, it used to be a very easy distinction for me to make whether or not I preferred um, Raw or SmackDown, and I always used to say that I prefer SmackDown because it's an hour shorter, and to fill up a three-hour show uh, these days with Monday Night Raw is fucking brutal. It's I, I mean I I would rather watch grass grow in slow motion. <laughs> You know, or sit in front of my goddamn wall and watch grass and watch paint dry. You know, I tried. Um, I tried doing something once with a two-hour raw, and I I recorded it without commercials. Okay. Right. And I start counting from when raw starts. I start counting from zero, and like I, as soon as the counter hits one hour, I know that that's like ten p.m. Okay. Right. This, so two hour raw without commercials is an hour and a half. Well, yeah. So but, it's the it's the commercials that make it three hours. Otherwise, yeah. raw is oh, like God a two. Damn. Otherwise, raw is a two and a half hour show. Well, I'll tell you one thing. I personally wish that they would cut it back to the original two hour thing. Um, ladies and gentlemen, we have a run in. I think. Do we need to hit pause for no, a second? No, no, no. They were just asking if I was. Uh, people were asking if I was downstairs because I left the light on for myself. Oh, very good. And unfortunately, I'm getting an Amber Alert as I'm trying to speak. I'm not sure if you oh, can hear that. You know, I I hate those Amber Alerts on on the phone. I hate when those happen because they do it multiple times throughout the day. Like, just do it once. Yeah, well... Why do you do it throughout the day? Well, this was the second one uh, so far this evening. So hopefully hopefully we're done with that. And, uh, but, like, that's, that's what I'm saying. And even at late at night, sometimes it's happened late at night. I'm like, what is going on? Oh, Lord. So uh, I know we're going to... I know SmackDown already happened last week, but we're going to start the show off with... Smackdown from last Friday night because it leads into the pay-per-view which took place on Sunday. In addition to that, I have results from Saturday night's main event, that blasphemous title. Stop, stop calling it that. We yes. cannot call it no, Saturday night main event. The Saturday live show. I have results from the Saturday live show and I have... My man. My man. And, I'm, and I also have results from Impact Wrestling's Under Siege pay-per-view, which took place Saturday night. 
Wow, didn't they just have Rebellion? God damn. They already did a, another pay-per-view? Yeah, uh, like, uh, I even yeah. looked up uh, the date, and it was on Saturday. And uh, following that, we have WrestleMania Backlash. Raw, then we're going to go into commercial. Then we have Time Warp, going back to August 31st, 1984. And then I have a top ten list for you, Ben. Oh, God. Then we have the AEW tournament. And well, let, me, let, me, let me ask you a question, because, you know, we're just going to have fun and shoot the shit. You know, yeah. I'm, uh, I'm in a good mood tonight, so we're just going to have some fun with this shit. All right, what's um, your question? So, is this another TikTok list? No, 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 it's not. I got this off my phone, like off my Google News, because every once in a while I'll look and they have, like... Is this another Amber Jackson list? No, it's not, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Our favorite fan who uh, ranks a theme. <laughs> I don't know what criteria she uses to rank themes, but... Uh, well, let's... Let's be nice. We're not going to rag on Miss no. Jackson tonight, but, uh... Sorry, Miss Jackson. <laughs> <laughs> what? And, and, and just so you realize, Miss Jackson, I am for real, and so is Elliot. Uh, <laughs> little bit of an outcast reference for uh, our younger right? viewers. Now, um, actually, let me just take a look at kids. Hold on. Fans will be back shortly. All right, so we have a lot of stuff to get through tonight in bed. Why don't we start with Friday Night SmackDown? God, okay. Well, the the, the first sentence of it's a it's a um, pay per view pre show. We'll go through everything and do and do it the right way. But the first thing I have to say, Elio, I don't know if you noticed this, but Ronda Rousey's eye makeup is fucking atrocious. They have to stop doing that. Wait, but it, it, it did look better than what she had at WrestleMania 35. I was like, what is going on with that makeup she had at 35? Uh, well, well, you know, and I, I, I think I know what you're talking about, but if you think that this is better, I, you must be smoking some acid or something. No, Do I didn't say this was better. I'm just saying. Uh, just, oh, okay. Uh, yeah. I, I misunderstood. Okay. And that's smoking acid. Very good. You're, you're of sound mind. <laughs> um, but she looks like Captain Hook after, after he took the fucking wig off before he got eaten by the stone alligator. Now, I mean, are, you, are, are you talking about the movie Hook? Yeah. From 1991. Starting by yeah. Williams and Dustin Hoffman. Uh, good shit, but yeah, yeah, she looks like she <laughs> took some costume suggestions from Dustin Hoffman on this one. Oh but anyway, so I gotta tell you, this shit is just brutal. And I have I have a question. Okay. Because because the opening recap of the show, it took us back through the previous week when Ronda Rousey and Charlotte Flair uh, went um, Tit for tat, so to speak, and a beat the clock challenge. Oh, yeah, that was stupid. Um, and, and first of all, they called it a beat the clock, I quit challenge, which I don't know what the fuck that is, other than they said that I quit at the end of the match. So pretty much you're, you're telling me that it's not beat the clock, it's I quit, but it's still beat the clock because that's the title you put on it. Um, okay, that makes a lot of sense. 
And then getting into the match with Charlotte versus Aaliyah. Okay, now, sh- shout out to Aaliyah. We know that she's Canadian and she's a beautiful girl. But you know, what, are you, what are you doing to her? But she's going to... I almost... And I, I would never wish anybody to lose their job. Please don't misunderstand me. This is not me being a dick. But Aaliyah falls into that category of I almost hope that she gets fired because the way that she's being used is disgraceful. And I will give you an example from SmackDown. Hold on, I'm surprised she has she didn't ask for her release. Well, I I think I think whether she asked for it or not, it's definitely coming very quickly. Um, she's been there since 2012. Yeah, but but what have they done with her in that time frame? Right. But anyway. Um, so Charlotte cuts a promo before the match actually starts and and, and Aaliyah is already in the ring yep. sta- standing a few feet from her and Charlotte says come closer come closer I'm she, she calls her going Ronda. to actually get Ronda Rousey come closer Ronda and, and Aaliyah moves closer as if her name is Ronda Rousey. I'm like, what the fuck is going on? I so did not... Go on. So not only was was the execution of the segment incredibly stupid, but also how stupid did they make Aaliyah look? <laughs> but I, mean, I, did, I, I did like the pull-apart, though. Well, you know, I, I like the pull-apart brawl. Yes, I agree. Um, but if you're going to do that, what's the point of having a match between yeah. Charlotte and Aaliyah that goes 30-some motherfucking seconds? I, I don't, I which, don't understand. Which, um, on the, on the, which on this results uh, list I have in front of me, they don't even have it on there, so it was technically wasn't even a real unofficial match. <laughs> yeah, well, that's, that, that's the other good point. And then, see, I, I, I hate when they do this. Okay, Sasha Banks versus Shayna Baszler. Oh, I kind of, I, I kind of like that match. No, well, hear me out on this one. Hear me out. All right. The match itself wasn't bad. I agree. Yep. It, was it was it special? No, but was it bad? Absolutely not. My my issue with this is that whenever they have a tag team feud, they always have singles matches between the four competitors. Split into two matches of one-on-one. They always do do that regardless. The formula of WWE TV and just how recycled it is absolutely sucks. And and the way that you have booked Shayna Baszler um, is just absolutely asinine to the point that every time she's in something, I'm surprised she executes any offense. And I'm even more surprised when she has a kind of a, a part to play after the match. Um, because um, if you'll recall, she um, she had gone after um, Naomi's arm last week. And then she, she went after, after S- Sasha on Friday only for uh, Naomi to make the save. Mm-hmm. But it's like it's... It, that's another example of it being the same recycled shit. I mean, you and I could predict with almost damn near certainty 
everything that was going to happen on SmackDown. It's just absolutely ridiculous. And, and the other part of this is I absolutely despise what they're doing with Natalia. I was never a, a Natalia fan, Elio. I understand you might have been because of her Canadian roots. Eh, but I, I wasn't a big fan. I liked her. She was okay, but like I was like a huge fan. And then, and then we get to to um, Drew Gulak's attempts at capturing. So, sorry, sorry, especially the Beth Phoenix stuff that they had him doing. Yeah, well, that was good. I remember that. No, that wasn't good when they um, had her like backstage wherever she was. Uh, well, I'm being, I'm being facetious. You couldn't. Touch I it. got that. Go on. Oh, that that was just such riveting television. No, it wasn't. <laughs> Go on. I'm, I'm, I'm being. I'm, okay, I'm what being, you were saying about Drew Gulak? I'm being an asshole because it's fun to be an asshole. But um, so then we have Drew Gulak. And fresh off of his failed attempts to get various positions in, um, in WWE, because God forbid we, we take Drew Gulak seriously as a world-class professional wrestler and a singles competitor. E-gads, we can't have that. E-gads. <laughs> so, so instead of that, we have, we have Goofner. Uh, squashing Gulak in a one-minute, yeah, fifty-nine minutes. second. Yep. Can we start with the bullshit? Okay. First of all, we know every time that Guther comes out, somebody's gonna get their ass whipped. But what is the purpose of having Guther destroy people such as Drew Gulak? What, yeah, I mean, what is, is what bad. is the point? Now, Ben, I, I have a question. Okay, go on. And then I have a question. And then, is it just me, or is this Lulek Geyser presentation really fucking getting on my nerves? Oh, uh, he, he's annoying. I mean, I, I, I really much preferred uh, Marcel Barthel. Well, I put him back in the tag team, and, you know, call him Imperium. Don't do this shit. But, Imperium, um, ugh, my, okay, my, so my question, did you watch that video I sent you uh, with Imperium? Yes. Yeah, what would you think of that interview? I thought I thought it was bullshit. <laughs> I, I thought it, I no, I really I really did. I'm being quite serious. I thought it was um I thought it was Gunther, aka Walter, towing the company line and saying, Well, you know, names don't matter and fans are gonna say what they're gonna say. Um and it, that might not have been exactly what he said, but that's pretty much the tone of what he said. And um, and I gotta tell you, I know he's trying to keep a job and whatever, but what the fuck with that? I mean, I mean, that's like saying that entrance music doesn't mean anything. Names and entrance music are are pivotal elements to a um, yeah, to what, a gimmick what, what, and a presentation. They they, they changed they change your theme. They took out Wayne Prince's theme. That worked well, for them. Yes, it did. It absolutely did. That's and, for all you music fans. Antonin Vorak, he's simply from the New World. Well, and th- thank you for that little nugget because I didn't know that. Um, but you know, it's just really fucking dumb. And then, speaking of dumb, 
we have Nakamura talking about his um his um um, confrontation with a bloodline from weeks ago. Mm-hmm. As hard as WWE tried to make us well, forget, they, they they dropped that, didn't they? Yeah, because, <laughs> because right at now, I want to go over this because if I don't, I'm just gonna feel like I didn't do my job as a podcaster. Okay. But this is this is how stupid WWE treats its fans, right? They treat us like we're fucking four. And have the memory of a fucking paramecium or some shit. (laughs) 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 Because, I mean, Shinsuke Nakamura just came out the night after WrestleMania to set up a feud with with, uh, Roman Reigns. Yeah. Okay. And then on on top of that, despite the segment that those two had... We're supposed to forget that. And then Roman Reigns, as a result, has no challenger at Backlash. In addition to that, oh, I'm not done, folks. I have plenty more nuggets for you. So not only does the Nagamora match not happen, we don't have the title unification match, which we were promised. Apparently, WWE is attempting this bullshit narrative that 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 unification match was never the plan, and it was always the plan um, to have uh, the net, the network run with the idea of the six man tag match, um, no, and, and and this was all Fox is doing. First of all, first of all, I would be floored if anyone from Fox even watches the show because if they did. I guarantee I you they would pull their billion-dollar investment from Friday Night SmackDown because if you're paying a billion dollars for this shit on your network on a weekly basis, what the fuck? <laughs> Give me a billion dollars and watch what I, I do with the shit. I will, I will set the wrestling world on fire. And you will never forget my name. But they want us to forget something as simple as Shinsuke Nakamura being set to have a feud with Roman Reigns. And, and, and we have we have to swallow that as if we're four years old and we're begging for a cookie, but we get vessels instead. <laughs> I mean, what the fuck is this? I, I, I don't understand it. And then, of course, Drew McIntyre is ready. First Sunday because the new um, the new match was at six man tag with um, Roman Reigns and the Bloodline and Drew McIntyre and RK Bro. Okay, and then we have a, a useless match with Seamus versus Seamus and Ridge Holland versus New Day. I really hate uh, New Day. What they were doing with uh, uh, with that stupid chant, shake it, Seamus. Oh God! I hate, uh, I hate that. Oh man, what are they doing to Seamus? That that is to to me that is to to give you to give you some context, ladies and gentlemen. To me, that is almost as bad as Bobby Lashley, Lashley's Axe Flex <laughs> or or Alexa Bliss. This is your life. I mean, this is terrible. Wait. 
That was the Bailey's uh, This Is Your Life, right? Uh, yeah. Yeah, that was bad. That was bad. When Alexa, that Alexa Bliss and Bailey segment. Yeah. Then we had yeah. the, go on. And then, so I'm not, I'm not even going to review the, the tag team situation or, or the tables match because it was just, there was nothing to it. And then I actually enjoyed this this segment. I think this was the next one. Um, so Paul Heyman is in the back talking to uh, Kayla Braxton. And he, he usually tries to avoid her. You know, it's like a running gag. Yep. And he sneaks up on her, And she sneaks up on him. But instead, they're having a, conversa- they're having a conversation and Sami Zayn comes up, and Kayla Braxton goes to leave, and Paul is like, "Don't leave me alone with him." <laughs> I remember that? Was, that was a great segment. I really like that. That that was my high point for the entire evening. That segment, I laughed my ass off. So I mean, uh, like, if not for that sh- uh, first match, Shane Baszler, Sasha Banks, uh, this whole. <laughs> And uh, that I gave that my high point is not saying much. <laughs> no, 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 not at all. Um, and then, oh my God, can we please stop with this Sami Zayn shit? Because you talking about the match itself against Shinsuke? Well, that, but the overall presentation, look. I get the great conspiracy theorist, but one, that gimmick is so played out at this point. Okay, we're, we're out of the COVID era pretty much. Stop with the conspiracy theorist bullshit. Sami Zayn's name is not Jesse Ventura. You know. Do I just show? Yeah, I did. I used it's, to watch it, you know, uh, whatever. And it was pretty bad, but yeah. So, so is what they're doing with Sami Zayn. Sami Zayn is another example of a world-class professional wrestler. And I I don't know how you had... Now, granted, I did laugh and I was entertained with the Johnny Knoxville situation at WrestleMania. But that being said, let's consider, you know, you have the biggest pay-per-view, the biggest platform in WWE, excuse me, I almost threw up in my mouth having to talk about Sami Zayn and Johnny Knoxville, um, but it's just, you know, that's what you do with, with uh, Sami Zayn at WrestleMania, really, go fuck yourself. So I, I did laugh, I, you know, with, with Wee Man when he slammed uh, Sami Zayn, haha, <laughs> do I want to see it at WrestleMania? Fuck no. Uh, did I want to see this episode of SmackDown? Say it with me. Uh, on the count of three. One, two, three. Fuck no. Oh, man. There you go. Okay. He, he, he knows how to play along. So, <laughs> so that we have for SmackDown? Yes. All right. Um, we're going to move on to the results from Saturday night's live WB events. I will not call the Saturday night's main event because that is blasphemous. And it's an insult to the actual Saturday Night's main event, which I grew up watching. So, this live event took place on Saturday from the 
here in Insurance Arena in Trenton, New Jersey, and here's the opening match. We had Naomi, Ronda Rousey, and Sasha Banks defeating Charlotte Flair, Natalia, and Sheena Baszler. Then we had Veer Mahan defeating Drew Gulak. Oh, God. Well, you know, can we stop with this Veer Mahan crap? <laughs> How many, how many squash matches could you possibly do? In a triple threat, we had Ricochet retaining the Intercontinental Championship, defeating Jinder Mahal and Sami Zayn. Then Theory retains the United States Championship, defeating Finn Balor. Cody Rhodes defeated Seth Rollins. Then this was a really odd six-man tag match. We had... The New Day and Riddle defeating the Usos and Kevin Owens. Becky Lynch defeated Liv Morgan and Rhea Ripley in a triple threat match. And in the main event, Roman Reigns retains the WWE Championship defeating Drew McIntyre. Oh, you know, we might as well talk about it now since uh, Roman Reigns wasn't on SmackDown, but there was a report that came out today that says he will be missing 10 weeks in the summer, which means he'll be missing three pay-per-views, which means why the fuck is he still the WWE uh, Universal Champion? That sounds like some Brock Lesnar stuff there, if he's going to miss three pay-per-views. Well, actually... Actually, that's exactly what this is because uh, Roman just signed a new contract, and it's the Roman, it's the uh, Brock Lesnar contract. Wow! What? Okay. Yep. So, I mean, look, Roman has earned it. I get it. You know, he's been in the company ten years, and he's carried the company since. You know, since SummerSlam 2020, I I understand that, but it's just you can't you can't do that when when as of right now you, you don't have any top contenders outside of maybe uh, Drew McIntyre and Bobby Lashley and, and you know and Kevin Owens want to get charitable even even though right now he is stuck with the with this fucking Elias slash Ezekiel gimmick or whatever the fuck it is. Um, you know, and then it's too soon for Cody Rhodes to be the top guy because he just came back, but it probably isn't even trying on his fucking contract yet. You know, but it's just, okay, so you mean to tell us that you're going to you're gonna take us through all of July and August and we're not going to have a world champion on Raw? Um. Okay. So, so so by so by default, let's no no no. Let's tell you about this because I'm legitimately curious. Okay, so by default, if you if you take the two world titles out of the picture, which is exactly what you're doing, if, if Roman Reigns says bye bye, I'm going to the beach and and sipping some mai tais with my woman. Which I'm, not, you know, I'm not blaming you for. <laughs> you know what I mean? But it's just so. Then you have you have Siri and Ricochet as your top title holders in the company, 
And I don't know about I don't know about you, Elio, but that doesn't sound too appetizing. <laughs> when the Intercontinental title and and the um, the U.S. title have been treated like absolute dog shit. The last okay, the last time the the U.S. title was relevant, and I'm being serious. The last time it was relevant was when. Um, uh, Chris Benoit and um, Orlando Jordan had that best of seven series, and I believe that was in uh, 2005 or 2006. You know, that's the last time the U.S. title was relevant. How pathetic is that? 15 years, and you can't do anything relevant with your mid-card championship? Fuck you. And, and that's the situation that you're going to leave Raw in and SmackDown when, when Roman Reigns takes a walk for 10 weeks? Uh, what the fuck is going on? I don't know so, what they're going to do with all the, the time. I'll tell you what, this is, this is going to be one hell of a title, but this is going to be one hell of a shit show sabbatical if Roman Reigns... Uh, decides not to show up for 10 weeks because and furthermore aside from from that conversation what this tells me the fact that the fact that Roman is getting ready to take this amount of time off even after he signed that contract and once again I'm not trying to say he doesn't deserve it because he does but I'm just talking I'm just talking about what this means realistically for the WWE product. I'm not, I'm not bashing Roman Reigns in any capacity. Um, you know, but it, it, it doesn't bode well for your product overall if this is if this is what you're doing. Because, you know, let's be honest. Um, they haven't exactly had credible challenges for Roman Reigns, and now he's going to go bye-bye and take a walk. Um <clears throat> Yeah, I'll be very, I'll be very, ha- I'll be very interested to see how that goes. But yeah. uh, a- as I just coined the term, I think this is going to be a shit show sabbatical, to say the very least. So, and that's uh, what we have for that one, because exactly. uh, that's going to be interesting. But uh, that's the results from Saturday night. Now, Ben, I found these uh, before we went on the air. Impact Wrestling had their Under Siege pay-per-view on Saturday night. And this, uh, was, this was held at the Promo West Pavilion in Newport, Kentucky. I'm sorry, where? The Promo West Pavilion in Newport, Kentucky. Okay, cool. So we had two uh, matches on the pre-show. We had... Heath and Rhino defeating Raj Singh and Mahabala Shira. And then we had Rich Swan defeating Laredo Kid and Mike Bailey in a tri- triple threat match. Oh, God. So the, the, the show itself kicked off with Giselle Shaw defeating Madison Rain. Now, I'm not being a smartass, but do we, do we know who Giselle Shaw is? Well, let me uh, pull up... Uh, from that one, um, outside of Impact Wrestling, she hasn't really. She's been part of Progress, WrestleGate, Wrestle Carnival, and uh, Over the Top and Rev Pro. 
That's about it. So basically on the independent circuit. Okay. Then we had Chris Sabin defeating Steve Macklin. Okay. Taya Valkyrie retains the AAA Reina, the Reina Championship defeating Diana Perrazzo. I'm sorry, who retained? Taya Valkyrie. I'll, t- I'll tell you what, Diana Perrazzo is not having a good couple weeks here. Shit. <laughs> I mean, because we we talked about this before, but when she went one-on-one with Mercedes Martinez uh, at Dynamite two weeks ago, I mean, that should have been a good match, ladies and gentlemen, because I'm I'm just being honest with you. Those two ladies can go. Yep. Um, They are exactly what women's professional wrestling needs, especially in AEW. And something about that match did not land. Yeah, and the fact, like I'll tell, I'll tell you, this is this is how weird it was. Number one, I'm like, why are we having a world title match on a random edition of of, of Dynamite when 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 very few people uh, in the audience are probably going to be familiar with um with both these with you know I don't know who, I don't know who watches Impact. And you know, unless you caught Deanna Prazo in um, in uh, you know her brief NXT coffee run, you know, I, I don't I don't know what about this match touts the idea of uh, main event. Mm-hmm. I mean, no disrespect, because I just said they were fantastic wrestlers, but I'm, I'm saying realistically, given that it is Impact, and uh, you know. And Mercedes Martinez used to be in ROH, but I'm not sure who's going to remember that. Unless you're a hardcore fan like like us, I'm, I'm I mean I'm talking about the casuals that that AEW uh, tries to appeal to from time to time. Now it would that that match would have made a lot more sense, um, say on a ROH pay per view. Or or a TV program if they get TV back up and running. I don't know what Tony Khan's plans are uh, for ROH, but um, you know the, the the first pay-per-view they did was awesome. But beyond that, I'm not sure what the plan is. Um, but it's just like, why is this match even happening? So I don't know. I just I'm kind of over uh, the AEW women's division. Yeah. And and I almost wish I wasn't, because you know I really want to be invested in um in what AEW is doing, um. But it's just for the women's division in general. Um, I I just I can't really get behind it. So I don't know. And then next match. Ace Austin retains the Impact Wrestling Exhibition Championship, defeating Trey Miguel. Then we had a 10-man tag match with Honor No More, Eddie Edwards, Kenny King, Matt Taven, Mike Bennett, and Vinny Marcellia, defeating the Bullet Club. Chris Bay, Gallows and Anderson, El Fantasmo, and Jay White. Then we had Tasha Steeles retaining the Impact Wrestling Knockout Championship, defeating Havoc. The Briscoes defeat Diener and Eric Young to become the new Impact Wrestling World Tag Team Champions. God 
Deaner's back in Impact. Good God. Yeah. Well, he was part of uh, Eric Young's uh, faction, Violent by Design. Oh, Jesus Christ. So him and Eric Young lost the titles to the Briscoes. Good for the Briscoes. And in the main event, Josh Alexander retains the Impact World Championship, defeating Tomohiro Ishii. I'll tell you what, Tomohiro Ishii's getting some national exposure here, boys. Okay, you've seen him on AEW, but uh, have you seen a lot of him, or only what you've seen on AEW? I I've I've seen more of him than than AEW, but just but it wouldn't be fair to fair to say that I'm overly familiar with his work. I love I love this guy. If you look, go look up some New Japan stuff with Tomohiro Ishii. This guy. They call him the Stone Pitbull. I didn't know that, yeah. Yeah, I just, yeah he's, he's one of my favorites when I was watching New Japan. Uh, a couple cool, of years I'll back. check him out. Yeah. I'll, sh- I'll definitely check him out. So that are, those are the results for Impact Wrestling Under Siege 2022. Ben, now we're going to get into the WrestleMania Backlash pay-per-view. Now... Before we before we get into matches, and as I said, since it is a pay per view review show, we're gonna um, we're gonna take this and and raw match by match because you know it's the pay per view and the fallout. But um, before we get into any of that, well, let me just say I was expecting Backlash to be an absolute snooze fest. I was ready to grab my pillow and my blankie and go and go nighty night. And yes, I. I Yes, I'm being serious. I do have a blankie, and no, I'm not a virgin nerd. Okay. <laughs> but, um, but, you know, it's, it's very comfy. I was, I was ready. I was prepared. I had the, I had the, the pay-per-view going. I, I had, I had my, my bed drawn back, and I was ready. But um, I give Backlash credit where it's due. I will have nothing more than coming on here and telling you that a show surprised the living hell out of me, and that was definitely the case um, when it comes to WrestleMania Backlash. I wish they wouldn't have called it WrestleMania Backlash. Yep. Um, because I think that cheapens the prestige of WrestleMania itself, but that being said, the presentation was pretty good, and... Uh, three out of the six matches were very, very entertaining, and the other ones were perfectly fine uh, as well. So we'll we'll get into the um, re- re- review of Backlash now. I don't know about you, Elio, but I was shocked when the show kicked off with Cody Rhodes versus Seth Rollins because I because I had that book as the co-main event. Okay. Uh, next to the six-man tag match with the Bloodline and RK Bro and Drew McIntyre. Um, so I was very surprised by that. Um, before the match got underway, we got a very long uh, recap video on Rose versus Rollins going into and including uh, WrestleMania. I like their videos, but they're too long. Yeah, because it wasn't. It wasn't only that. They also went. From from that to uh, to previewing the rest of the matches for the evening, and it was all it wasn't really separated very well. So the video 
Um, how you been up? What was going on that evening? It was very, very good, but it was just very, very long. And uh, consequently, because I, I, I was tracking this on purpose, but consequently, the in-ring action did not get underway until 8.13. That's 13 minutes after they went on the air. The, wow. The first match finally got started, and that seems a little bit long and unnecessary to me. But having said that, um, this match was absolutely awesome, and it is exactly what it needed to be, and it was just shy of 20. I actually had it at 21 minutes, but um, the official time, according to the review that I'm looking at, is 20 minutes and 47 seconds, and I'm not going to quibble over 13 seconds. Um. I have I only have one problem with this, and that's the end. <clears throat> the roll up. Yeah, I I, I don't like that. It, no. It, it made. It, I will say this. It, did I like it? No. Did it make sense? Yes, because it was kind of like the turnabout is fair play because the finishing sequence was first Seth Rollins grabbed the tights. Yeah. And then and then and then Rhodes grabbed the tights. And typically, they don't make that sequence make sense, whether it's an inside cradle or a small package or a grab of the tights, wherever the combination may be. Typically, it's just stupid and pointless. But at least, um, at least the execution uh, made it made sense. So, did I like the ending? No. Did I understand it? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and. Um, and the two, my two favorite moves in, in the match were both by Cody. Um, the first one was the disaster kick, and then the second one, um, uh, what was, oh shit, what was the, what was the second one? Um, fuck, let me, let me, let me look at this. Um... Oh yeah! Oh yeah! The the reversal into the crossroads, mm-hmm. um, which uh, um, which the the ending was 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 very very good. I wish I wish that match. Oh yeah! I, I remember the other move I wanted to say. Right? It was, it was the um, it, it wasn't the um, it wasn't the ending. It was the Cody Cutter. Which followed the um, disaster kick. Well, okay. So I wish the um, I wish the match had ended after the Cody Cutter, um, but I understood why they did what they did. Now, unfortunately, after this match, the show uh, slowed down significantly because we have Lashley versus Omos. That was impressive, though, when I actually got the phone, the uh, lock on him. But yeah, the the match itself uh, was just okay. It was like, and, and I'll I'll be honest with you, it was the best that I've seen from from Omos or Omos. Um, you know, he 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 can definitely move quicker than I gave him credit for. Yep. Um, h- however. That still doesn't mean that I think that this guy has it because nothing about him is something we haven't seen before. And 
He's a worse giant than the Big Show. The only one, the only wor- the only giant that's worse than almost is Jay Gonzalez. Absolutely. Kudos <laughs> <laughs> to you. You read my you read my brain. I I very very impressed, Elio. Um, but I don't see it with this guy at all. Um, you know, and, and I I tend to mention this now every time we talk about Omos on the podcast, but I just I can't help it because I can't get over it. It's one of those it's one of those takes where it's like Jesus Christ, and and, and, then, and then you know I get even more sad when I remember that it was the Undertaker that offered this take. Oh. <laughs> Under, Undertaker compared almost to Andre the Giant. How? How? <laughs> what are you doing? I don't know. <laughs> I I think he might have been drunk on Jack Daniels when he showed up on the um the bump to, to uh offer that tremendous take. That is next you know, man. Sorry, what? I I love you, Taker. I absolutely I I love you. You know you you go hunting. You you talk about guns. You're my man. But you know, but this <laughs> this take was absolutely the most asinine thing I've ever heard you say. Yep. And you just need to stop. <laughs> You need to go in the woods, you need to drink Jack Daniels and enjoy your life. But being a Jesus Christ, stop offering takes on Elmos. Oh my god. You're right. So hold on, let me see if I can find this. I found, I I was looking at something earlier uh, before before going off air. Apparently, uh, Ric Flair said, uh, was uh, talking about how Undertaker means. is very significant to the world of wrestling. Well, well, and he's absolutely right. He's absolutely correct. Um, no argument there whatsoever. I have nothing but the utmost respect and admiration for Undertaker. But that particular uh, sentence that he uttered made my eyes roll across my desk like you wouldn't believe it. I could not believe what I was hearing. Oh, yeah, now, that, that was bizarre. Bizarre. It was. It was fucking strange. It was. <laughs> it was as if somebody had had executed a lobotomy on the Undertaker. Fuck me. <laughs> yeah, but it's just it's ridiculous. So, um, moving on. Uh, once we got past. Um, once we got past Omos and Lashley, the show really picked up again. This was absolutely one of my, one of my highlights outside of uh, Seth Rollins and um, Cody Rhodes was AJ Styles versus Edge. I really like what they're doing, uh, building up the Judgment Day. Mm-hmm. Uh, thank God they're not calling this stable the Mountain of Omnipotence. I swear, with the first time I heard that, I swear I thought that's what they were going to call it. I'm like, don't do that. First well, of all, that that that's a lot to say. I mean, in one, uh, like, Mountain uh, how are you going to say all that just for what a stable's name? 
Well, I don't know. And, uh, and to be fair, I'm not the biggest fan of the Judgment Day either. Because, um, you know, obviously we have an old pay-per-view known as Judgment Day. And it just doesn't strike me as uh, very original. But you it does... I'm sorry. It does make a lot more sense than a mountain of omnipotence. But, you know, you put Edge and AJ Styles in the ring and let them go. Holy shit, these two can wrestle. Fuck. Uh, I mean, 15 minutes and 28 seconds, and and the match ends with Rhea Ripley, of all people, screwing um, AJ and, and joining up with... Edge and Damian Priest in the Judgment Day. Well, I'm just going in, into my take, Doc, because, like, weeks after we posed a question about what to name the group, I'm still getting comments on what to name this group. And I, some of the comments are ridiculous. Oh, God. Because this is uh, two of the newer ones I've got. All right. So, while one person said... Jagged Edge. I'll accept all royalties personally. Oh, fuck. Edge Spire. What? Edge Spire. Um. Okay, that's really stupid. Okay, this is the one I wanted to read. This person says, House of Black, the Wish version. Well, Well, in all fairness, um... Yeah, that's what that's what this came off as at at first. Um, when they first introduced the idea of the judgment day. Now, um, I will give absolute credit when it's due. They've done a phenomenal job of making me buy into this stable. Um, they got a lot of time on Raw, which we'll get into um, in just a minute. And I'm going um, to bring up an article that I found that while you were uh, talking about the uh, Omos um, and the Undertaker thing. Oh, yeah. You had, you had plenty of time to do some extra research. So I'll shut up in a minute. But um, this match and um, Cody and Seth are the two matches that I would recommend someone go back and take a look at if yeah. they missed this show. This, these were absolutely tremendous. And uh, before we move on to the snooze fest, oh, hold on. Right? We, have, we, have, sorry, we have we have a couple of more names here. Okay, go ahead. First of all, I answered the guys in Ministry of Darkness and the Brood were around long before House of Black. This name is invalid. And then the person replied to me, "This whole idea stems directly from what Malachi and Brody King were doing." I'm literally uh. quoting Brody King's Twitter. Well, that's only Brody King's opinion. That's not his. And, uh, you know, somebody really needs to tell these internet assholes um, to get their own opinions before they start spewing incoherent, stupid, asinine shit. And and then the most recent was Garbage Day. What the fuck was... Okay. You know what's garbage... That guy's take on professional wrestling. Shut up, you dumb fuck. And Ben, I'm going to ask you questions. The questions that we... The one question we put up uh, on Monday, I'm going to ask you later on during the Raw review. Okay. All right, so uh, what do you got, sorry? 
So uh, the next match we had was Charlotte versus Ronda Rousey in the I Quit match. You know what? This match was better than I expected. Yes, I I I said the exact same thing. Um, the way that this feud was built was absolutely some of the worst TV work I may have ever seen. <laughs> oh my god, that brawl that they had in the parking lot. You know, every which I kind of liked. You know, like I kind of, I kind of like that stuff. But the way it came off, it was just really the way they pulled it off was just bad. You know, but when when they started going back and forth with the kendo sticks, I'm like, oh, this is gonna get really bad. But after 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 that, um, the the match picked up. Um, and um, obvi- it was very obvious that um, that Charlotte was going to lose this match. And um, right after right after the match, it was announced that kayfabe uh, Charlotte Flair has an injury to her radius. Yep. Which I'm not sure why they didn't say forearm. Uh, her radius. Look, ladies and gentlemen, I I will be honest with you. I am not a um, a anatomy expert. Okay, the only re- the the only reason that I knew what the radius was is because I am the son of a nurse. That's the only reason that I know certain names of, of bones in the body. Um, but. Um, you know, the, the ending of the match was pretty cool. You know, snapping her arm in the chair. I, I get it. Now, the, the, the dialogue that immediately pre- precipitated this move was absolutely stupid. <laughs> bitch. You know, I was hoping you were going to say that, bitch. As, as if that's not the most predictable thing in the world to say. You know, I, you know, that, that's I, the go-to word. I say exactly. I say it all the time. I don't understand why "bitch" is the go-to insult in WWE, whether it's whether it's male or female. It's like I understand that you have you have um, shareholders to answer to, but can we get a new uh, insult go-to word? You know, can we at least say "asshole" or something? Because at least that sounds like somebody legitimately wants to kick your ass. <laughs> You know, but but bitch has lost all of its venom. Uh, thank you to uh, WWE. Did you know it's the Charlotte and Sasha Banks spot? Uh, no. Okay, remember? So, do you remember the spot where they were in in the crowd? They were up on the stairs, and I think uh, Ronda had Charlotte like in the rail. Yeah, that's the exact spot that they, Sasha Banks and Charlotte did in their match. And when was that match? Oh, that was a couple yeah. years back when they had their I Quit match on Raw. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, no, I didn't catch that, but the, the, had I caught that, I would have uh, I would have enjoyed that as a throwback. Um, so, I have to confess. I'm sorry, Father Elio. Um, Hold on. I'd... Okay. Oh Jesus! Okay. <laughs> well played. Okay. Um, but um, I did not see. 
uh, Drew McIntyre, uh, Mad Cat Moss versus Baron Corbin. What's that, Sin? I did not because I went to the bathroom. Then, then I went and got a cookie. And then I was still hungry, so I got another cookie. And then I came back, and I, I was, I was definitely trying to do anything to avoid watching this match. Thank God. This match was not the main event because holy, what an absolute disgusting, what, like the whole feud between Mad Cat Moss and Happy Corbin can kiss my ass. I, I, I'm just, I'm not interested in it at all. You know, like, a second grader telling bathroom jokes is more entertaining than Mad Cat Moss and Baron Corbin. Did you you hear Moss's uh, theme, entrance theme? No. Okay, um, you know what, I'm gonna, uh, when we go into commercial, I'll I'll look look for it. It's ridiculous. Uh, Not as ridiculous as this match, but good God. And then, um... And then the main event between the Bloodline and RK, uh, Mick Bro. God damn, they sound like they're off the McDonald's menu for one dollar. Can I get the Mick Bro, please? Uh, this, this one started off slow, though. Yes, it did. Ab- absolutely. Um, but it really picked up. Um, <laughs> And I particularly enjoyed the um, the ending segment uh, when uh, let, let me read it so I get it right because I really did enjoy this. So um, so Riddle hits a floating bro, which leads to a pop up neckbreaker from Jay, and then after that everything went um, everything got really interesting because we had a rock bottom. Uh, through a table um, by Reigns and then uh, Jay hit the suicide dive after Jimmy and Reigns got taken out Um, and then uh, Jay and Matt Riddle hit like stereo kicks which were really nice Um, and then Jay goes up top but then gets hit with a super RKO. Um, remember, uh, remember when um, Randy used to do that finisher before he debuted the punt? He had the super RKO off the top rope. Yep. Um, yeah. So we got one of those, and then of course um, Reigns speared Riddle after he hit that move. I think it was Rebel that hit the the um, Super RKO. I could be wrong, but I thought it was. Uh, and then Reigns, of course, Spear Rebel for the end of the main event at 22 minutes and 25 seconds. Mm-hmm. So this was this was a really good match. I wouldn't quite give it an A, but I give it a B plus. So this whole pay per view itself, what do you give it? I, I would give, I would give it a seven point five, and the only reason why that ranking is not higher was because of Amos and um, Javi Corbin and and, um, and Madcap because I, I I have no interest in those. Okay. 
Okay, but letters? Um, I, w- I would give it a, a C plus. Alright, I, uh, I gave it a B minus. That's fair. Absolutely. Alright, so that is WrestleMania Backlash. God, I hate that name. Uh, now we move on to Monday Night Raw. Thank God they didn't call this the Raw after WrestleMania Backlash. Can you imagine <laughs> that? Jesus right. Christ. Okay, wait, um, what do you have for that? But uh, we're live from the XL Center at Hart- in Hartford, Connecticut. Mm-hmm. And... Um, like I said, thank God this wasn't the Raw after WrestleMania backlash. I think I would have thrown a brick at my TV at that point. I would have made it a phone one because I love my TV. Um, but anyway, uh, let's get into the action here. So um, right off the bat, we have uh, RK-Bro. And uh, Randy Orton is uh, somewhat upset because they came out short last night. And they're going to uh, win the war. I hate it when they use that line because it's just so cliche. We hear it all the time. Yep. Um, and then out comes uh, the Street Profits because they are immediately going to get another um, title opportunity and another match with RK, bro. My God. Another one. I mean, this... Is it just me, Elio, or is it just becoming the new Usos versus the New Day? How many times are we going to see RK Pro yeah. versus the Street Profits? I mean, it was still a good. It was still a good match for me. Yeah, it was. I, it I was. Just... But it, it it was absolutely. You're absolutely right. You're you're, you're as sharp as your new haircut. I uh, you know. I, no no argument there. But Jesus Christ, if we have to see another one of oh, these, yeah. we. I get it, yeah. We, we might have to put it in the realm of, of the New Day versus the Usos. Oh, my God. If I have to see another one of those matches in the next two years, we might have a problem. Um, but so then the match gets started after a little bit of uh, back and forth. And um, a very good match. Nothing much to report. And... Uh, we have uh, we have Ford going for the uh, going for the splash. He actually hit it; it was beautiful. But then um, he was immediately knocked off the pin um, by uh, Randy Orton, and uh, then uh, Riddle um, hit a very impressive RKO uh, to to give RK Bro the victory. Um, and uh, Randy Orton's facial expression at the finish was absolutely priceless. I really enjoyed that. Um, and um, and then we have, and I, I noticed this because I haven't seen it in forever, and it made me laugh my ass off. For for some reason, we get a we get a promo from Theory. He's talking to Kevin Patrick. But he's doing it on the platform. I haven't seen that since. I like the, that. I haven't seen that since the nineties, bro. That was awesome. Yeah, yep. I really like that. That was that was a nice throwback. Yeah. So that was that was. I was so tickled by that. I'll even give it a high point for the show. Yep. I I just I really enjoyed that. Um. But then uh, you know they announced that Cody Rhodes and Theory. 
are going to go one-on-one uh, for the U.S. title at the top of the hour. I have a uh, question. Why are they so specific at 10 p.m.? Because, oh, well, I'll tell you why. Because okay. once you get into the into the latter hours of Monday Night Raw, let's just be honest, it's a drag, folks. Okay. It is a chore to watch. No, I was actually curious, like, why they do that? No, no well, well, they do it so that, so that people will maintain interest as we get deeper into the show. Okay, all right. Because, because the final hour of the show is always the lowest rated one because who can stand three hours of Monday Night Raw? I mean, you know, come on. It's very challenging. Um, but um, this is one thing I didn't agree with was um, having Cody Rhodes in a United States title match because, let's face it, Cody Rhodes is world title material. He has no use for the U.S. title, and the U.S. title is is the best fit on uh, theory as Mr. McMahon's protege right now. I mean, that's the best place for it. Do I think it's worthy of a top title contender? No. And that's why I say the U.S. title can't possibly carry can't possibly carry Monday Night Raw. Um, but as soon as I heard that Cody Rose versus Siri for the U.S. title was happening, I was like, oh, God, here comes Seth Rollins. And sure enough, that's what we got to cause a DQ. Now, do I understand why they did it? Absolutely. Do I hate it? Absolutely. Because it's, it's so predictable... I, I could have told you it was going to happen before the bell even rang to start the fucking match. It's just absolutely ridiculous. And then here's a um, here's another high point for the evening. Um, they gave a lot of promo time to the the new um, the uh, new the new ju- Judgment Day or the Judgment Day. Excuse me. I love um, this promo. I did too. The only thing I didn't, the only thing I did not like about it was the explanation as to why um, Rhea Ripley was joining. The rest of it with Edge and Damian Priest was fucking awesome. Now I'm gonna read you what I found because this has to do with Rhea Ripley. Okay. I Ben, I have a question. What do you think about these wrestlers that have their own podcast and? Uh, Every once in a while, you hear about uh, some 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 uh, Hall of Famer, whatever's uh, thoughts on something like Judgment Day. Absolutely can't stand it. Right, and here's another one. So this, I was doing this while you were uh, going over uh, the AJ Styles Edge match from Backlash. Right. Booker T has said that WWE. Oh, Booker T has said that WWE must avoid booking Rhea Ripley like China. What? At WrestleMania Backlash, Ripley joined the Judgment Day stable, aiding Edge in his match against AJ Styles. While speaking on his Hall of Fame podcast, Booker T was asked if Ripley should be booked like China as a female enforcer of the group. No. <laughs> well... 
Rhea Ripley is her own character. She, I know. See, this she doesn't talking. need any infusion of China. See, this is what I'm talking about. It's when, when, like, these like, wrestlers with their own podcast, like, give their takes. Like, uh, like and where do these fans get these questions from? Because they're ass-kissing ass marks. That's exactly what they are. God, like, I, when, I, when I saw it, like, I had to, I had to like, bring that up because since we're doing uh, Raw and uh, the Judgment Day uh, promo, I'm like, ugh. Oh, Christ. <laughs> but, but as much as I agree with that particular take from uh, Booker T, um... I can't tell you how much I can't stand Booker T. I loved, I absolutely loved him as a wrestler. He he was and is one of my all-time favorites. Mm -hmm. um, going all the way back to Harlem Heat, I love Booker T. But as as the man with the podcast, he sucks. Oh yeah, he absolutely sucks. Very much. I just. Just like, just like uh, Bully Ray. Oh, Bully Ray is even worse. <laughs> yep. It's just, some people really have no place having a podcast, and those are two of the guys that I would put in that category. Alright, so, uh, yeah, this, uh, this Rhea Ripley, uh, the, the matches that followed, though, were okay. Like, they weren't, like, blow-away matches. But they were, no, they, were, but it, they were they were okay. No, but it was just a, between the promo and then the two matches. The the Judgment Day got a lot of time on yeah. Monday Night Raw, a yep. lot of time. Um, so it was in one in one way it was very nice to see them really take the time to build up uh, the Judgment Day. This was like the first time when they felt like a priority. Hey, what do you think? Just haircut. <laughs> I actually really like it. It it, it fits him uh, very well. And um, yeah, you know what? I I didn't like the kind of like Undertaker esque comparison there when he had the long hair. Well, no, and and did you see his promo on? Uh, I wish you had seen Edge's promo on Instagram. Look, look it up. It's um, it's Edge mocking the fans oh. for, for comparing him to Undertaker. Wait, was it was that from Raw? Well, well, I don't think it was on Raw, but he cut. Let me see if I can find it, and if I can, I oh, will. No, uh, I'm looking it up as well. I will send it to you if I find it. Hold on. Oh. <laughs> so Edge, um, read it Yeah, Edge, read it I found it. Video. Yeah, I'm not sure exactly which one it is, but I found I found uh, his Instagram. All right, let, let, actually, let me let me just see if you have the right one. Let me look. Yeah, Edge rated R. Uh, let, all right, let me look at his uh, promo. Because because it, if it's if it's what I think it is. You absolutely have to see this thing. Um, oh, hold on. Where is it? Um, I'm not seeing it on his Instagram. Fuck me. It's really good, too. Let me see if I can find it. Hold on. Uh, 
and see exclusive on the yeah. fly research. Yes, yeah, so we're, we're we're doing um, we're doing on the fly research, and you just have to hang in with me because I would really I would really like um, uh, Mr. Canella to see this. And while Ben's doing that, I'm going to move on to the next match, which featured Sonya Deville, who is no longer an official. She is a WWE superstar. Thank God. And she faced a mystery opponent, which was a returning Alexa Bliss. I, it was nice to hear the crowd like say, welcome back. Yeah, but what are they going to do with her? She's, she's take, still... take, take, take that doll away from her. No, but she still had the fucking doll. No, I said, I said, you said, what are they going to do with her? Take that doll away from her. That's the first thing they need to do. Because that's still, like, parts of, like, her old character. Yeah. But, uh, oh my god, Sonya Deville. Oh, I, I can't find it. We'll just move on. But what, what, what about that, the end of that match? Sonya Deville on the outside, like, crying and all. I, I laughed. I thought that was funny. I, I no, I, I laughed, but I'm like, oh my god, that was so annoying. She was so annoying, though. Well, I agree. <laughs> she absolutely was. But, but yeah, yeah, this was a low point for me. This one in the freaking Veer Mahan. And why are we interviewing Veer's opponents now every week? It's because it's stupid. They're they're trying to push this guy. And it's not working. Frank Lawson, let, let me tell you, Frank Lawson has nothing. He has evolved CZW, Shikara. He has WWE on his, uh, which was only one match against Virahan. That's the only WWE appearance he's had. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> he, oh, he's been in AEW for like three matches. And they all took place on dark and dark elevation. Oh, well, the what first do you, what do you fucking do? Yeah, first one he lost to Lance Archer, then he lost a tag team match to Jurassic Express, and then he lost another six man to the Gun Club. He lost to the Gun Club. <laughs> okay, the Gun Club should be on AEW's next round of cuts. Good God. <laughs> Oh my! Oh shit! Uh, now, now you're beginning to see why sometimes, as as much as I enjoy doing this podcast, Elio, sometimes it's a chore getting ready for it because I'm like, shit. <laughs> you know, it's just um. I don't get me wrong. I thoroughly enjoy coming on here and hanging out with you and. And shooting the shit with everybody, um, but it's like sometimes, sometimes it's like uh, it's challenging because we have to counter these asinine takes on professional wrestling, and it's yep. like, oh my god, yep. please shut the fuck up. <laughs> okay, now next we had uh, Cody Rhodes uh, defeating three by DQ. I hated the ending of this match. Uh, yeah. Uh, Naomi and Sasha defeating Piper Niven and Nikki Ash. Well, okay, okay, I'm 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 gonna strangle the the computer screen as I ask you this. 
I thought I thought we were done with this Nikki A.S.H. bullshit. So did I. Didn't she say that? Didn't uh, she tell Nikki last week, are you ready to get serious? And she's still wearing the superhero outfit. It's, uh, it's fucking dumb as fuck, okay? Dumb as a box of rocks is Nikki Ash. And then she, after she loses and... Uh, and uh, Piper's like uh, shouting at her, like you know, and still not taking it seriously. Then we had Chump at the scene with Stuff Ali with the Miz as special referee. Wow, why the fuck is the Miz involved in this? Nobody gives a single flying fuck about the Miz. Not one yeah. single internet greeting gives a single fuck about the Miz outside of the fact that he's married to one of the hottest women in God's green earth. Right? <laughs> <laughs> that's, the, that's the only reason. And then we have Bianca Belair defeating Asuka by DQ. Oh, what about that exchange between Bianca, uh, Asuka and Becky Lynch backstage? Uh, that was painful. I kind of laughed when, like, uh, when Asuka was like uh, mocking Becky. Because, like, look, I love Asuka... Yeah, I always have. Um, but when they have her try to speak English, it is painful. Yeah, her English. <laughs> her ability to cut a promo slash a backstage segment, it sucks. Yeah, her English needs work, but like, it, it was still kind of funny, like, hearing her mark back and like, you're not that Bobby, you're acting like a baby. <laughs> I'm like, okay. But other than that, yeah, it was it, it was bad. But it was just at the same time, it was I found it funny. But my point, my I agree with you. But my point being, the only reason why that was funny was because of her accent. Yeah. And and to me, in all seriousness, that doesn't that doesn't look good on Asuka. No, I know she she really needs like to work on her promos. Exactly. Because, and uh, like, don't yell if you, you, you. Not everyone has to yell when they're doing a promo. Everybody yells. Becky Lynch sounds Jake, like Jake the Snake never yelled in his promos. Well, well, no, but he was the, the exception. That's why everybody paid attention to what Jake had to say because you had to lean in. Sid went up and down with his promos. Sid couldn't cut a promo to save his fucking dick from getting cut off. What? I mean, PNC exclusive. Can we can we just be honest? No, no, I'm serious. Have you seen that clip of of um of Sid trying to cut a promo while Jim Ross is standing there? This was back in like the um. I think the earlier mid nineties. No, his point was stuck because they were bad. And, and he's trying to sell a pay per view match, and I don't even know what the fuck he said because it makes no sense. <coughs> and, and, and he was like, "Shit, let's do it again. Let's do it again." And he's like, "No, we're live, pal." Uh, you know, it's just God. if like, look, not not everybody has to know how to cut a promo. It helps. But not everybody has to do it depending on their skill set. And Asuka is one of those people that doesn't have to do it. 
Um, Brock Lesnar was one of the people that don't have to do it. Now the cowboy Brock is funny as fuck. Yep. And, and he's showing more depth than I thought he had. So shout out to Brock, but he's definitely one of those people that doesn't have to cut one. Uh, Bobby Lashley shouldn't be cutting promos at all. Um, Bill Goldberg should never cut a promo again because uh, he fucking sucks. Yep. I, I mean, I would rather I would rather listen to a seventy year old woman cut a promo on national TV than listen to fucking Bill Goldberg. Uh, I'd rather hear the grandma rap from the wedding singer. Exactly. And, <laughs> and let's just be honest. As much as I love Becky Lynch, she cannot cut a promo without sounding like fucking Gollum from Lord <laughs> of the Rings. My precious, my precious, I shall save you from the doom of Mount Doom and the fires of hell. No, it's just, oh my god, you suck. Can we get Treebeard to stomp the fuck out of you, please? Good lord. That brings us to our main event. Yeah, sorry. So that that was our main event. I'm going to be able to defeat Oscar by DQ. So that's all we have for Monday Night Raw. Right? Is that it? Yeah, it's... Oh, uh, Oh, wait, wait. Hold on. Let me pull up TikTok because I'm going to ask you the question that we posted on uh, yesterday. Okay. So, the question for this week has to do with Judgment Day. So, did Rhea Ripley joining Judgment Day save her career, yes or no? Yes. Not eight so far, like, people are still voting. And so, 89% voted yes, while Anna, 11 voted no. Well, yes. It, it absolutely saved her from a John Warren's phone call. Yes. So, yeah, I agree. I mean, I, I, I like her new look, too. She looks scary. <laughs> I, that's one thing I don't like. I really, oh. I really, I like her tattoos. I think her tattoos are dope. I'm a, I'm a tattoo guy. You know, we don't talk about that enough on the show, but I am, I, I will qualify myself as a tattoo nerd. Every time I, I get a new tattoo, it's like Christmas. Um, but, but, you know, her, um, her look needs some help. She looks like a, I'm, I'm, I love Rhea Ripley. I wish she was still the NXT version of herself. Um, Judgment Day did save her career to this point, in my opinion. Um, but her and Alexa Bliss still dress like Abercrombie and Fitch meets Hot Topic. <laughs> what? <laughs> Damn. It's, just, it's just absolutely terrible. Damn. <laughs> Let, I mean, let's be real here, folks. Alright, so that's all we have for Raw and um, Ben. Let's take a break. Yes, sir. Alright, so fans, we'll be back shortly. Perfect. Alright, we are back. Ben, we are going to get into Time Warp. And this time... This week we are going back to Friday, August 31st, 1984. God damn, you're taking me all the way back to the damn near beginning of Hulkamania, bitch. What the fuck? The beginning. I, it wasn't the beginning. This was like seven, already seven months into Hulkamania. I, 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 said, I said damn near the beginning. 
Ah, damn near. Yeah. All right. Um. So, for, for, as far as music goes, the music on the music charts on this date we had Tina Turner, "What's Love Got to Do with It," and George Michael, "Careless Whisper." Ah, oh, great songs, especially "Careless Whisper." Yes, good, great song. Fantastic song. And on this day, UWF Mid-South held a super show from the same Houston Coliseum. And these are the matches that took place on that card. Right. Magnum TA versus Butch Reed. Oh, boo. The Midnight Express versus the Fantastics. Who were the Fantastics again? Fantastics were Bobby Fulton and Tommy Rogers. Uh, very good. Then we had Terry Taylor versus Dr. Death, Steve Williams. Do- oh, th- th- there's a name. I'll tell you what, every time you mention Dr. Death, Steve, Win- Steve Williams, Jim Ross, damn near had an orgasm. Then we have Buddy Landell versus Sonny King. And Big Cat Ernie Ladd versus Art Cruz. Big cat. So that is uh, the UWF Mid South Super Show for August 31st, 1984. Ben, we have some TV tapings coming up too, as well. First of all, the, the regular dates like this one I just read, we have like all December 84, and like we have pretty much 84 and 85. Cool. But for TV tapings, we are going as far back as December 20th, 1980. Oh, goddamn, alright. And, and it's not even Mid-South, it, it's Georgia Championship Wrestling. Well, at least it's not Game Changer Wrestling. And this one I actually found, so that will be coming up on a future episode. Oh, very cool. But we have all the other ones are from Mid-South from July 7th, 83. A couple of WBFs from August 23rd and 24th of 88. And then also another Mid-South from November 8th, 84. Very cool. Alright, so that is the that is time warp for this week. Now, Ben, I have a list for you. Oh, God. Actually, I think I have two lists. Let me check. And then we also have to do the AEW themes tournament, right? Oh yeah, that's uh, that's the next on on uh, my notes here. Okay, cool. Yep. So let's see. Actually, I have I have two lists for you, actually. Oh, oh, damn! Don't I feel special? Alright, the, <clears throat> the first list is AEW's top 10 best tag teams. I, I didn't even I, know there were 10 tag teams. Neither did I. That, I made that confession to you off the air. Alright, number 10. We have The Butcher and The Blade. They're already reaching very far. Now, fans, keep in mind this is an this must be an old list because a lot of these teams are no longer together. Okay. 
So number nine, we had the Dark Order. Yeah, well, Dark Order's done, because, at least I think so, because Stu Grayson uh, is not having his contract renewed. Number eight, we had the Best Friends. Oh, that is a, that is such a reach. I have no I, I have no problem with Trent Beretta, but Chuck Taylor does absolutely nothing for me. Number seven, we have Adam Page and Kenny Omega. Okay, yeah, this is an old list. They haven't been together in a, in a long time. And number six, we have SCU. Once again, not together. Although, although next week we're gonna have um, we're gonna have uh, Frankie Kazarian versus Scorpio Sky for the um, TNT title tomorrow. Actually, no. Yeah. Yeah. All right, number five, we have Private Party. They they've really lost momentum since they left the learning tree of Matt Hardy. Private number, Party kind of disappeared now. And number four, we have Pride and Powerful. I think I agree they should be higher on the li- on the list, at least top two. Here are the number three, the top three. Okay. Number three, Jurassic Express. Okay, that's decent. I would have put Proud and Powerful above them, but still pretty good. At number two, we have the young... At number two, we have the young bucks. Oh, we have a bit of technical difficulty here. Hold on. Sorry, buddy, that one snuck up on me. I didn't have time to hit mute. All right, at number two, we have the young bucks. Boo. All, the, all these motherfuckers are young bucks kiss ass. Get the <laughs> fuck out of here. <laughs> My main complaint with them is that they don't sell for shit. I mean, I, I could sell a wrestling move better, and I'm in a wheelchair for Christ's sake. And the number one best tag team on this list, the Lucha Brothers. I absolutely agree. So that is the your first list. Okay. Now, the next list I have for you. Three, four. Is 11, the top 11 worst comic book movies of the 90s. Oh, God. Okay. I had to tell you before you before you start with this list, yeah. this, one, this one's going to hit home because comic book movies were always my thing, even more than comic books. Because I think because of my disability, I couldn't really follow the comic strips, you know, because I... I I even had trouble writing in a linear fashion when I was younger. Mm-hmm. So it was just hard for my eye to follow the strips. Okay. So comic book movies were always my thing. Well, here we go. The top 11 worst comic book movies in the 90s. And number 11, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 3. Okay. If you just said one or two, we would have had a problem, but okay. Yeah, we would have, because I love those two <laughs> movies, damn it. <laughs> okay, we're safe. 
And number 10, Tank Girl. I've never even heard of it. At number 9, Steel. <laughs> from 1997. Yeah, I agree. That sucks. At number 8, we have Spawn from 1997. Was that... I would have considered that a horror movie. I wouldn't have considered that a comic book movie, but I guess it is. At number 7, we have The Phantom from 1996. Yeah, I agree. That one was bad. At number six, we have Nick Fury, Agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. from 98. Yeah, that should never have existed. That should be burned from the memory banks. And the top five are as follows. Number five, Judge Dredd. Yeah, I agree. Number four, Generation X. I never saw that one. And number three, The Fantastic Four. Oh, God. Michael Chiklis. Ugh, give me a break. <laughs> Although, his credit, I will I will give Chiklis credit on this one. Apparently, he has permanently strained his voice because he's done the voice so many times at children's hospitals. Uh, so, that's cool. All right, so that's number three. Number two, we have Barbed Wire. Oh, man. that That's going to be a hard argument to not put that at number one. Well, because at number one, we have Batman and Robin. Okay, all right. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. Okay. Well, that movie was atrocious. The only thing, the only thing I loved about that movie was Uma Thurman as Poison Ivy. I mean, come on. And Alicia Silverstone's Batgirl. Yeah. I mean, those two were, were really good. But can we just never talk about... Uh, about um, Robin's rubber nipples ever again. <laughs> Apparently, I've sent my co-host into some sort of coughing fit. Elio, you alright? Are you okay? Okay, that was uh, that was weird. <laughs> That was, that was just weird. I made you, I made you laugh too hard. No, but that was uh, terrible because I had, I was drinking and. All right, we're yeah. good. Hold okay. on. <laughs> we're we're having some technical difficulties, folks. Plus, I had to clean my computer, my keyboard. <laughs> you sprayed your keyboard. <laughs> I'm sorry, I didn't mean to make you laugh that hard. <laughs> oh I still have this cough too, though. I'm sorry. Alright. So, that is your two lists for today, for well, this they week. They weren't too bad. Right? At least they weren't uh, from wrestling fans. Oh, God. I hate those lists. <laughs> Alright, now we're going to get into the <coughs> AEW tournament. Um, uh, 
Alright, the AEW tournament. Now, Ben, I didn't do the left brackets. Um, I'm going to do that this week, and we're going to talk about that on Saturday. So, should I bring up the right brackets? Yes. Alright, so, where is this tournament? Here we go. So, the tournament is as follows. We, we already had the opening round and the second round, and we just finished the quarterfinals. And it was CM Punk defeating Ruby, defeating Ruby Soho to move on to the quarterfinals, and he will take on Malachi Black, who defeats Jamie Hager. Jamie Hader. Okay. And then we have FTR moving on to the quarterfinals. They defeated Orange Cassidy. Well, and uh. And they and FTR will be taking on Sean Moxley, who defeated MJF. So those are your two matches coming up. Okay, cool. <coughs> and then, are you, uh, are you okay, bro? No, I know I'm good. It's I still have that cough, like my dad. Oh, okay. He still has it too. And then um, we still have the quarterfinals for the left bracket, which I will announce the winners on Saturday. But they are as follows uh, to my fans. Adam Cole will take on Brian Danielson, and Ty Conti will take on Britt Baker. Ty Conti. <laughs> <laughs> Does she upset you? Well, I don't like her as a heel. I, I I don't like Sammy Zayn or uh, Sammy Guevara as a healer. You don't like Sammy Zayn? No, no, no. Sammy Zayn's fine, but I just I don't like Sammy Guevara as a heel. All right, so that is the AEW tournament, Ben. We're gonna get yeah. into wrestling roulette. Absolutely, I gotta redeem myself. Uh, I- had a terrible showing last week. We'll be right back. Uh, let me just pull up the playlist. All right, so we have Wrestling Roulette. I play 21 tracks. My co-host has to guess which wrestler that theme belongs to. Ben, are you ready? Yes, sir. All right, your first one. That was Stephanie McMahon. Stephanie McMahon, you're on the board with one. I don't know that one. That is Elijah Burke. Oh, God. Fuck Elijah Burke. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, you don't like the Pope? No, I All never right. did. No, right. I I always thought he tried too hard. <laughs> All right. Like, yeah. Here we go. Next one. Okay. <sighs> Baron Corbin. Baron Corbin.
he should have stuck with this gimmick. It was so much better than all his all his other gimmicks. All right, track four. You are two and one. Here we go. Sure. I never get that one. It always pisses me off. That is Billy Kidman. Oh, shit. I'm sorry, Billy. Alright, track five. Here we go. Um, I ha- really don't know. That is Benjamin and Gable. Oh, well, they were, what, what were they together? For the space between an Oreo? Good God. <laughs> is that Tiger Ali Singh? No, it is not. Uh, who was it? That is the Bollywood Boys. Oh, fuck off. <laughs> Alright. I was so happy when uh, when Randy Orton dropped one of them on the announce table. What? I was so happy when Randy Orton dropped one of them on the announce yeah, table. Yeah, but he messed up because you can tell by the look on his face. Yeah, I he know. messed up. Yeah. Alright, so we are two and four. I know. You're jinxing me with this shit, man. Here Come we on. go. Track number seven, Ben. Call me all American. The Godwins? <laughs> nope. That is oh. Jimmy Wang Yang. Oh, fuck off. Yeah, you're, you're gonna you're gonna be an Asian all American. Ah, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, here we go. Track number eight. One, two, is this on? You're on mute. That was uh, Triple H. Did you hear it? Yeah, that was Triple oh, H. Yes. Sorry, no, I muted because I coughed. So right, okay. yeah. So well, so yeah. Three and five. Here we go. Oh God. Uh, is that Amazing Jones? No. Who is it? That is Bobby Lashley. Oh shit. That must have been from back in 2007. Dad, this one's called Hell Will Be Calling Your Name. What? Hell Will Be Calling Your Name. Okay. Alright, so, three and six. (laughs) No. The biggest asshole in professional (laughs) wrestling... Ryback. Fuck I you. hate this guy so much. Did, did you hear? Did you hear? And I, 
I'm not making this up. I couldn't make something up this horrible. Did you hear him call Vince McMahon's recently deceased mother? Well, at 101 years old, he called her a whore. Oh, what? When was this? This was just recently. Wow. What the f- Right, right back. He's just a terrible person. Yeah, he's a he's a jerk off. He makes himself look like such a victim, but he he he's no, he's terrible. He's an asshole. Good riddance. Right? Why would you do that? So you're four and six, right? Right. Yep. Here we go. Fuck you, right back. What? <laughs> you gotta give me more than that. Come on. There's no way I can get anything off of that. But that was 10 seconds. Okay, I'll give you another 10. Hold on. I don't know. That is the Mountie. <sighs> Four and seven. All right, here we go. Um, is that uh, Evan Bourne? No. It was it. That is never. Oh, shit. Five and eight. Track 14. Are you ready? Yep. Randy Orton. Randy Orton. Six and eight. Here we go. <laughs> oh, oh my god, your facial expressions. Holy shit. Oh, okay, Santino Morel. What? That was hilarious. Well played, sir. Well played indeed. Holy <laughs> Okay, so that is seven and eight. Right. <laughs> All right. All right, here's track number 16. Yep. Uh, mankind. No, it is not. <laughs> yeah, it's mankind. So you are eight and eight. You're tied up. Cool. All right. Track 17. Are you ready? Yep. Not di- not on this one though. The prime time players. Prime time players. Nine and eight. 
Okay. All right. Tracking number 18. Here we go. That is Johnny Gargano. Oh, I'm sorry, Johnny. It sounded nothing like your theme. Okay. Nine to nine. All right. Track 19. Here we go. Uh, the Great Collie? No. Wow. Um... Jinder Mahal? That is Jinder Mahal. Okay. Ten to nine. He had so many shitty themes. Ten to nine. I, okay. Um, no, no, no. I was thinking of Muhammad Hassan. Remember, I think it was um, the night after that one pay-per-view and uh, like they came out with that music. Like, yeah. Okay, what's going on? Oh, Lord. Okay, track 20, you ready? Yep. So, you think you're untouchable? Basic ergonomics, John Cena. John Cena, 11 and 9. Okay. Alright, last track, are you ready? Yep. Let me ask you something. And if I didn't send this to you, I'm going to send it to you now because it's just so fucking funny. Um, did, did I show you that clip where Nikki Bella didn't know that Vader was dead? Yeah, I saw that clip. Wasn't that pathetic? <laughs> Actually, yeah, I, 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 I went and listened back to like the context of that comment. I I don't think she meant it the way everyone was saying. She meant like his because what was the what was uh, the quote again? Like, but, but no, she was saying like I can't wait for him to come to the Hall of Fame because I lo- I love hearing all those stories. And and, and both Jim Cornette and Brian Lash were dying laughing. <laughs> Because I thought cause it was something like that, but uh, but like when I read it, the first thing uh, I thought was it sounded like uh, she meant like she, she was looking forward to hearing the stories, the speeches. But not from Vader. She, she from the context. No, but, of, from the context of the comment, it sounded like she thought that Vader was coming to the Hall of Fame. Because I I know the I heard, I can't get the exact word. But uh, yeah, I did see that though. <laughs> yeah, it's bad. Exactly. What? <sighs> All right, so that is twelve and nine. That is wrestling roulette. Ben, you came back from the from guess the theme. Yeah, I'm. I'm not really good at guess the theme, am I? I don't know, dude. I mean, we can stick with wrestling roulette. Let's stick with wrestling real life for now. 
All right. So, um, okay, I'll, I'll, uh, we'll eliminate, the uh, guess the theme playlist and we'll stick with wrestling roulette. I'll, I just we gotta get... Well, we don't, we don't have to diss it entirely. I'm just saying, like, more wrestling roulette. Yeah. Less, you know, guess the theme. Yeah. Like, I can, um, okay, I'm gonna add the Death Rebel stuff, which is bad. And you already know how bad Death Rebel is, because I, I let you hear Mad oh. Cat Moss's theme. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> oh, it, some, some of this shit, bro, is like... Holy Jesus. Wow. It was bad. Well, like, they need to hire Jim Johnson back. And fans, if you don't know what I'm talking about, you're going to know right now. Because this is what my, what my co-host was hearing off air. What? Alright, fans, this is what my co-host was hearing off air. This is how bad Death Rebel is. Go! That gimmick is a joke, joke, joke. Come on, how, how bad was is that theme? That is, that is horrific. Between that and um, Reba's theme in AEW. Oh my god. And I already let you hear that one. Yeah, that was terrible. <laughs> I swear when, I, when uh, we played that on the other show, I was like, what world am I living in? Because I had <laughs> never heard that before, but... That was the winning uh, theme that uh, got me. Uh, that was the theme that, that got me the win, and we closed out with that one. And I was like, "What world am I living in?" Oh God! <laughs> yeah, well, thank God that didn't appear on, um, you know, uh, guess the theme or, or wrestling roulette. So. Nor will it because it's not even in the wrestling roulette playlist. It would have been in the guess the theme playlist. Small miracles, folks. Small miracles. <laughs> All right, Ben. We see you bring the show to a close. Absolutely. Uh, we do have a second show for you this week. Um, this was a, this was a special uh, post pay per view show, so that's why we came to you on Tuesday night. Uh, we will be back for our regularly scheduled Saturday night show, and yep. that. That will be episode 191. This has been episode 190 of the PNC Progression Wrestling Podcast. We are really inching closer to that historic 200 number. Yeah. And, and I sure. cannot wait. Yeah, and uh, so Saturday we will have the left bracket uh, quarterfinals of the AEW tournament. And we'll have, of course, our regular shows, Dynamite, SmackDown, and, of course, uh, like I said earlier, we have time warp. I'm not sure which one I'm going to do. I'm going to really try and get the September 29th, 82 show done. So I'm going to work on that this week. So that's cool. that's going to be the one we're going to do on Saturday. Cool. The TV taping from that that date, because I really like the audio clip from Time Warps. Yeah, absolutely. It's It feels like we're actually there watching it. I agree. All right, so for my co-host Ben, I'm Elio. This is the PNC Progression Wrestling Podcast. Ben, say goodnight to the fans.
Good night, people. Elio, do your job. Hit our outro.